You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured at CanadiansConnection.fm brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged and entertained. Uh, My name is Amy Johnson, and I am happy to be your host for today's show, episode 258 of the Canadians Connection podcast. Sitting in this week once again for Michael Spinella while he is out of town. Uh, Again, I'm just keeping the seat warm for him. Uh, and hope he's having a great day. Hope you're having a great day. We're here uh, for episode 258, reigniting the Habs-Leafs rivalry. It's going to be a good one. And of course, uh, I'm pleased to be joined in the studio today uh, by my co-host to uh, to launch into this excellent episode. He's the editor-in-chief, founder, and president of Rocket Sports, as well as the site editor for the Hockey News Montreal team site, which can be found at THN.com slash Montreal. Uh, and that's Mr. Rick Stevens. How are you doing today, sir? Doing great. Uh, welcome back. Glad to have you back in uh, hosting chair. Thank you. Happy National Dog Day to all of our uh, dog-loving uh, listeners and dog owners out there. Um, oh, do you, uh, did you wake up this morning and think that we were doing an... A vintage episode of From the Press Box. Well, where we, yeah, where that's we, right. National where we days. Used to we have used a national to, day. That's right. Uh, and hmm. where are they now? We should we should include that that's in here right. somewhere. I know. But we're this weekend. It's um, in the sporting world. F one is returning after their summer break. It's Thank the, God. The Dutch Grand Prix. Yeah. A month without F one was like painful. Hmm. It's painful. And we're uh, a few days away from final cuts to uh, NFL rosters. And you know what that means. Uh, fantasy football drafts are coming up. Yeah, they are. And um, we've seen NHL players starting to arrive uh, in their what? respective cities. So, yeah, everything's happening. No. Mm-hmm. It's that time. Kids are going back to school. I, <laughs> I've noticed this week, you know, the kids are like trying to soak up every in the neighborhood they're trying to soak up like every ounce of being outside during the day that they possibly can because they know that it's coming big yellow school bus is coming Mm -hmm. probably next week but for um hockey fans and canadians fans it means this long summer is about to be over and we're into september next week i know 
It's nuts. September means rookie camps right around the corner. That means training camps right around the corner, which means preseason is right around the corner. It's going to fly by. Uh, and today's episode uh, is going to take you through all the latest, getting you uh, caught up in the lead up to all of that. We're going to talk about some interesting stories regarding the Canadians, uh, update you on some roster information uh, touch on the Habs prospects and get some inform- uh, news and updates from that uh, topic, as well as we've got uh, some quotes of the week this week, uh, Kirby Doc and Paul Byron, both with uh, some quotables this week. We're going to hear some audio from them uh, before we talk about some general NHL hockey news and notes. Uh, all of that, of course, in the first segment. Then in our second segment, uh, Rick and I are actually happy to be joined uh, by a first-time guest uh, this week. Hopefully won't be his last time. We had a, a great conversation with, uh, you just heard me um, introduce Rick, uh, not only in his roles here at Rocket Sports, but also as the site editor for the Hockey News Montreal new team site. Uh, and so today we have Michael Trakos joining us today. He is the Managing editor for all 32 team sites for the Hockey News uh, and their online uh, network of websites now. Uh, And so Michael Trakos is going to join us today. Um, But, you know, his career has been spent covering the Maple Leafs. So why would we want to talk about the Maple Leafs? Well, it's because (laughs) the Habs Leafs is one of the greatest one of the greatest uh, rivalries in all of sports. So, um, yeah. And, and as you said, the the uh, title of this episode, Reigniting That Habs-Leafs Rivalry. That's right. So we're going we're gonna to start, we're going to get that reignition started today with a really entertaining uh, and an insightful interview with Michael Trakos coming up in the second segment. Uh, then finally, in the third segment, we're going to wrap up today, getting you caught up on all of the latest content from the Rocket Sports Media team across all of our platforms, in case you missed anything over the past week. Um, if you are into fantasy sport, we just Rick was just talking about the NFL. If you're into fantasy football, uh, we're going to have an announcement for you uh, in the third segment, so be sure to listen for that, as well as some updates on uh, joining the Rocket Sports team. We're going to hear, uh, we're continuing that series of ours of introducing you to some of our Rocket Sports team members. You're going to meet another one of our contributors today, uh, get you to answer the question of the week. We're going to hear some of your responses from last week's show. It's just Tons of fun top Very to bottom. busy show. Very busy show. Now, don't forget, this is an interactive podcast. It means Rick and I are going to sit here for the next hour or so and, and bring you all of this news and analysis and opinion and insights. But a big part of our show and everything we do here at Rocket Sports is that we want to connect with all of you. This is the Canadian's connection. And so the way for you to get involved with the podcast, maybe you'll even hear your uh, comments on a future episode Shoot us a text anytime at the Rocket Sports text line. You can find that at 5853-ROCKET. Again, that's 5853-ROCKET. You can also drop us a comment by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at HabsConnection is the handle to search for. And, of course, you can visit our website, CanadiansConnection.fm, to catch up on any episodes that you might have missed over the summer while you were holiday Enjoying your holidays, vacations, cottage time, that type of thing. Just check out CanadiansConnection.fm. 
And we're just going to remind you, we'll probably remind you a couple of times today to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast on whatever uh, podcast app you prefer. Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, once the season starts, there's, there's a mess of, uh, different information, uh, coming at you. So we want to make sure that our podcast is, is, uh, coming to you every week. Best way to do that is subscribe. Absolutely. And be sure to bookmark THN.com slash Montreal for the upcoming season for all of our coverage. All right, let's uh, let's start with some fun stories. Uh, Carrie Price was in uh, Broussard this past week at the. It's going to take a little the while CN to not sports say yes to you. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. to not say the uh, Bell Sports Complex, the CN Sports Complex, uh, the Broussard Practice Facility. He was there on Wednesday to hand out some gifts to uh, young participants from the Canadians Youth Hockey School, and you know I absolutely loved the lead up to this. Uh, the Canadians, there's plenty of times I'm critical of the Canadians social media team, but they captured a really cute moment of of Carrie kind of tucked behind a, a wall panel, so that as the kids came in and sat down in the room, just getting ready for whatever little session they were going to have. Little did they know that just around the corner on this in this wall panel, Carrie Price was just hiding and waiting to come out and surprise them. I thought it was adorable. It was. And uh, he's he was there to hand out gifts to them for the hockey school as well as take selfies with all of them, uh, do autographs. Uh, they were surprised and thrilled to see Carrie Price uh, at the hockey school. Absolutely. Very fun. Um, and that was in the midst of a busy week because Carrie and Angela celebrated their 10th wedding anniversary this week. So uh, I'm sure there were plenty of plans on the docket for, for Mr. Price uh, at home as well. Congratulations to Carrie and Angela. And I thought it was a real uh, touching message um, that Angela posted to Instagram. Uh, this uh, She was speaking to, to Carrie and said, over this past decade, we've shared countless unforgettable memories conquered obstacles together and grown in ways we never imagined possible. But through it all, I never truly appreciated the depth of your love until this past week. You have shown me what it truly means to be there for someone, not just in good times, but during the darkest moments as well. Your support and compassion have been a constant source of comfort for me and my family. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. Um, A beautiful message, but also um, she touches on uh, that it's been a difficult uh, week or so for Angela and her family with the passing of uh, her dad recently. Yeah, uh, and I, I, you had even uh, pointed out that uh, she had included with that message not only a, a beautiful wedding picture, but also pictures of Carrie, some touching pictures of Carrie with her dad yeah. from their wedding day as yeah, well, which, which was really nice. Uh, there's no denying, I think, that Cole Caulfield has had a very fun summer. This is the summer of Cole. It's the summer of Cole. He uh, out playing golf again. We've seen him caddying. Was he caddying for Trevor, Trevor Zegers yeah. earlier this year? We've seen him uh, on the links with Nick Suzuki. Uh, and this time he's popping up on social media playing golf with none other, none other than uh, this year's second overall draft selection, Adam Fantilli, along with um, Jeff Daniels. Yeah, a little odd uh, that you put together that group for a round of golf, but it uh, looks like they had a great time. Um, both hockey players with uh, actor and comedian 
Jeff Daniels. It's pretty fun. I like that a lot. Um, moving to some roster news for the Canadians. Um, now, nothing official has been released about this from the NHL or from the Canadians themselves. So we'll preface this by saying that. But we know we know that it's it's quite frequent that uh, Rena Lavoie from TVS Sport um, sometimes has has access to information that that he is able to to pass along to his social media followers um, prior what? to it becoming official. Can I translate that? <laughs> I was I was saying it diplomatic. You way. are you are the Canadians <laughs> leak information um, to to Rena Lavoie for okay. sure. Yeah, that's fine. So uh, according to Rene Lavoie this week, uh, Canadians pros- defensive prospect Logan Mayu has now been cleared to play in the NHL if and when he earns himself a roster spot. Again, that's according to Rene Lavoie. Um, but if Rene Lavoie is saying it, you can pretty much almost guarantee that that's going to be an official announcement at some point. Last we heard uh, in official capacity from the organization, it was Kent Hughes in his recent media availability. Um, he said that that Logan Mayhew had met with uh, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman uh, during July. And at that time, um, Kent Hughes said that he didn't have any information to share. Um, and, and this has been a long process. Um, the Canadians have have uh, worked with Logan, um, worked with him carefully. Rob Ramage said that uh, he's he spent more time uh, with Logan Mayu than his son um, <laughs> uh, over the last year. And um, and and on the hockey side, we should just remind everybody that uh, Logan Mayu had a fabulous um, season uh, last year. Uh, twenty five goals, fifty three points in fifty nine games with the London Knights. Then added another 24 points in their uh, in 21 playoff games. So uh, a really good season. Hasn't played a lot. Hasn't played uh, uh, because of injuries and whatnot. He hasn't played uh, a full season. Um, but uh, he he will be expected to come to training camp and compete for a spot on the Canadians, likely heading to Laval in the fall. Um, speaking of rumors circulating, um, there have been some, uh, in Montreal, particularly who have, uh, speculated that Matthias Norlander, uh, was not going to return to North American hockey this, this coming season, uh, that he was not going to be returning to Laval or Canadians training camp that he would play in Europe. Um, and essentially his agent came out. This was this was actually a, an article that came out in Europe. Uh, his agent came out and well, I can't use the word that he used to describe <laughs> that rumor, but let's just say if I say that he he basically literally called it BS. Um, put a big kibosh on on that rumor very directly. Yeah, his name is uh, Kleis Ellenfock from the CAA uh, Player Agency. Um, very respectable um, agency in in hockey, um, and and listen, this was just this is awful. The, these this rumor came from one person, uh, Grant McKay, and um, and he had zero information to go on, um, and it it grew grew steam. It was on um, featured twice on a on a YouTube podcast. And, um, and he said that, that, uh, 
you know, that uh, he hadn't, that Matthias Norlander hadn't um, adjusted to the North American game and so that he was done with the Montreal Canadiens and expect to see him in the SHL uh, this season. Uh, none of that is true. And, and um, his agent said, uh, Matthias and I don't know where this false rumor comes from. Um, Maddie can't wait to join the Canadians at the next training camp and he'll be on the plane at the beginning of September, uh, coming to Montreal. He went on to describe, uh, the rumor, as you said, and, and then included the word dementia. Um, and, uh, (laughs) so they are furious about this, this, uh, this, um, rumor and very, very, um, unfortunate and, and just, um, and just mean when, when stuff like this gets generated, uh, without, uh, any facts behind it. Absolutely. And is why, uh, you will never find a member of the rocket sports media team, um, peddling in rumor that has not been absolutely confirmed by a direct source or, or something that hasn't been made official. Um, Speaking of making things official, the Canadians have put out their um, schedule of promo nights for this upcoming season. And, you know, for some fans, uh, there are plenty of fans out there who uh, plan out which games they are going to part with their hard-earned money for around the promo schedule. Because sometimes there's some pretty fun uh, promotions that can be done. I, um, I remember the Flyers did a promo night a couple of years ago. Um, they did Russian nesting dolls for Ivan Provorov. <laughs> All right. Which was a, a collectible uh, that, now. Yeah. Given and, that he's well, in yes, Columbus, but. but just that was a brilliant uh, promo night and everybody wanted to be there to get this stupid little <laughs> Russian uh, Ivan Provorov nesting dolls. Uh, so the Canadians have released their promos for, for coming the upcoming season. Of course, there's a hockey fights cancer night as usual. There's, the obligatory bobblehead nights. Those are always a collectible item. Several, yeah, yeah. Um, a hockey mascot party. <laughs> unless, I'm sorry, but unless Gritty's going to be there. Well, maybe they're maybe they're going for the family-oriented mascot party because if Gritty was there, I don't think it would be. Yeah, they're talking about uh, this. The, well, the the release says that uh, they're still cleaning up fur and popcorn from uh, <laughs> last year's edition of the mascot party. But uh, uh, they talk about Mickey Moose uh, will be there uh, and Slapshot, the New Jersey Devil, and the Chicago Bulls mascot. Um, so we've got a little bit of NBA action. Uh, Benny right. the Bull, and they say for that night, it's bring your own lint brush. I see. Mm-hmm. Is that metal thing going to be there? I don't, Can it not? Yeah, I, that's. It I, hasn't been uh, a hit. Uh, no, at all. It's been as popular as the reverse retro jersey that goes along with it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, another uh, golf-related piece of news: Jake Allen's um, Classic Golf Tournament uh, took place, and it's an annual uh, tournament that that Jake Allen sponsors. Um, took place uh, and raised uh, $50,000. A wonderful event. It happened at the beginning of August uh, in his his hometown um, of uh, New Brunswick. And um, he he brings together all kinds of memorabilia. There's some great, uh, there's a mask, there's jerseys, there's all kinds of, of uh, 
uh, memorabilia to to be had. Uh, raised fifty thousand dollars this year, and and he has a charity by the name of Program Thirty Four um, that raise that has been raising money uh, over the last few years for charitable causes. Uh, that's totaling um, about five five hundred fifty thousand dollars now over the past few years. So wonderful event. Well done, uh, Jake Allen. Absolutely. All right, we're going to switch gears now from the Canadians and uh, take a quick peek at the Habs Prospect Report. It's time for the Rocket Report. The Rocket Sports Media team is your premier source for information about the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens, as well as Habs prospects playing in the CHL, NCAA, and leagues around the world. Bookmark THN.com slash Montreal to follow our comprehensive coverage of Canadians prospects. Um, top of the list uh, for the prospect report is actually not related to Habs prospects in terms of the players themselves, but more an organizational piece of news. Um, it's been a bit of, I don't want to use the word, I hate to use the word turmoil, but there's been a lot of turnover going on in the ECHL with the Trois-Rivières Lions, uh, the ECHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, you'll, you'll recall just a couple of months ago, uh, Michael and Rick on the show uh, mentioned the announcement that Pascal Riom uh, had been uh, appointed as the new head coach. Do you also have a management position? A GM, yeah. GM and head coach uh, for the upcoming season of the Trois-Rivières Lions. Um, now it has been announced that Pascal Riom has been tapped at, in the 11th hour, apparently, for an an un, a yet unnamed AHL position and has left the organization with Trois Rivières blessing, um, and so in his place they have announced that former assistant coach uh, Ron Schulz uh, has been promoted to the role of head coach and general manager. Um, Shoo! Like I can't even. Every time you blink, there's something new going on with Trois Rivières and its coaching staff or management. In less than a calendar year, um, it was back in November, uh, the season just a month old, um, head coach Eric Belanger uh, left uh, Trois-Rivières uh, to join a Q team uh, the, the, in Drummondville, I believe. And so that forced uh, general manager um, Marc-Andre Bergeron, um, he was the vice president and GM, to, to also take over the head coaching duties. Um in June, uh, towards the end of June, he was fired, um, and uh, they brought in. Well, Pascal Rium was uh, uh, an assistant coach in that regime, and so he was promoted to um, head coach and GM. And they brought in Ron Schulz as uh, as an uh, assistant coach um, uh, early July. So now you go from um, from being an assistant coach to, a, to the head coach and GM. In a, in a very short period of time, um, they have cycled through a number of, of uh, head coaches and GMs, mm-hmm. all a part of this uh, restructuring. Uh, they've added um, uh, Matthew Brodeur, Alex Cousineau. Um, there's, there's a lot going on in, in uh, um, Trois-Rivières, and that's not the end of it. Um, because there's lots of reports out there about the sale of uh, the Trois-Rivières Lions. 
a potential sale. Potential sale. Uh, the Trois Rivières Lions are currently owned by DSE, which is Deacon Sports Entertainment. Um, the same company that owns the ECHL's Newfoundland Growlers and former owner of the ECHL's Iowa Heartlanders. Um, the Heartlanders were sold by DSE in this, July. This, yeah, just earlier this summer. And now there are rumors swirling that DSE might also have Trois-Rivières up for sale as well, uh, potentially putting them back to only owning a single ECHL franchise, which would be the Growlers in Newfoundland. So that's all What's happening? <laughs> That's all still kind of to be determined, uh, as well as where did Pascal Riom run off to? Um, I mean, Trois-Rivières in their, in their statement said, look, if the AHL comes calling... Uh, a, we wish him the best. Of course, we're not going to stop you from pursuing something in the American Hockey League. It also means that we had selected the right person. Um, I'm going to go ahead, since we all know <laughs> if DraftKings had a had a betting option for this, I'd put money on it. Um, my prediction as to where in the end of August is someone searching for a guy like Pascal Riom to join an AHL coaching staff my money is on Joel Bouchard in Syracuse. Mm. Joel Bouchard is the brand new head coach of the Syracuse Crunch after having a year off of being involved in AHL coaching. Um, and I would bet if there's someone who would be looking to add a Pascal Riom to his coaching staff, perhaps, possibly, it could be Joel Bouchard. So um, I have not, that is, that is pure educated guess on my part. I'm not saying that I've heard anything speculating uh, uh about that uh that's just if i had if somebody said take your guess as to where it'll be i'm i'm gonna say syracuse i could be completely wrong but i'm just putting it out there and it it's it's reasonable um uh, it's reasonable uh speculation um joel bouchard um named uh the syracuse crunch head coach brought daniel jacob uh with him as his assistant his he was also the assistant in Laval. So um, as part of building out his coaching staff in Syracuse, uh, we'll see if there are any other additions. That's right. Um, also, uh, this week, Corey Pronman with The Athletic uh, put out his annual NHL Pipeline Rankings article. Um, not really, for me, too much of a surprise to see Chicago in the top three. I mean, when your prospect pipeline includes Connor Bedard. It's kind of it's automatically kind of puts you yeah. uh, puts you in a good position. Uh, also not surprised to see the Buffalo Sabres in the top 3. Uh, they've been much talked about in the last year or so about how much they are restocking the cupboard. Ottawa is another one that gets kind of tossed around in the same breath as as Buffalo in terms of what they're doing to build their prospect uh, pipeline, but I find it interesting, Rick, that uh, the Canadians actually beat out Ottawa in his in Corey Pronman's rankings this year, uh, improving one position over their over their ranking last year, uh, now falling in sixth place uh, for the Montreal Canadiens prospects pipeline rankings. Uh, Ottawa right behind them in seventh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and and we should say it's it's um, it's difficult to compare these prospect rankings. 
um, depending on who uh, prepares them because mm-hmm. they use different definitions. That's right. And you'll notice uh, players in, in Corey Pronman's uh, rankings that have considerable NHL experience. Right. Uh, his his criteria is players 22 years and younger, um, and as of September 15th. Um, so, for example, Cole Caulfield leads um, the Canadians' pipeline rankings, which you wouldn't see him in in some of the others. Uh, but I think it's it's just important, as you said, to go back and look at. Uh, how the Canadians have progressed in Corey Pronman's rankings, moving up, as you said, from seventh to sixth in that top 10. Um, and and I was looking mostly at the Eastern Conference teams. Um, you have the Canadians at sixth. Buffalo, at thir- uh, Buffalo takes the third spot. Uh, New Jersey Devils at fourth. Columbus Blue Jackets fifth. And as you mentioned, Ottawa seventh. The Detroit Red Wings in eighth. Um, those are the Eastern Conference teams in the top 10. It's uh, it was really interesting. There were some there were there were some interesting aspects of the article. Um, I was I was interested in how he evaluated newcomer Alex Newhook being in there. I very much like to see that he's pretty high on Justin Barron. Sees him as a middle of the line uh, middle of the lineup kind of defenseman. And I also found it interesting. You and I discussed how uh, recently when Scott Wheeler put out his prospect rankings. That for the Canadians, uh, he was completely dumbfounded as to why Jan Meshack hasn't been a, a better producer on the stat sheet. Because when when you watch him play, he he's a better hockey player when you watch him play than than is reflected on his stat sheet. I was interested to see that Corey Pronman had sort of a similar analysis of Jan Meshack that uh, that he definitely believes he's got all the tools in the toolkit. It's just about getting them put together and put in a position where he can actually show them off. So um, we're not going to go through all of these, but the top five, uh, and this should be no surprise uh, to Canadians fans, the, uh, the top five uh, Canadians prospects, according to Corey Pronman, 22 years of age and under, number one, Cole Caulfield, number two, Yuri Slavkovsky, Number three, Dave Id Reinbacker. Um, number four, Kirby Doc. Uh, and number five, Caden Gooley. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, so, moving along, speaking of um, some other youngsters and so forth, Kirby Doc appeared on a podcast this week. Uh, hosted by a couple of guys uh, from the Boston area, so I would imagine they're Bruins fans. Mm-hmm, they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he uh, he had some. They asked him about playing in in Montreal. I mean, Kirby Docs now spent a year playing uh, playing in uh, in the Bell Center, and uh, he actually apparently has has already uh, really been very very positively impressed by what it is to be a hockey player playing in the city of montreal it's cool it's such a different city um it's it's honestly insane to play there i've been there for a year now and um it's been uh, probably the most fun i've had playing hockey um since junior so i've enjoyed playing there and the fans are unbelievable the city's great the the rink is electric like i think it's probably one of the best rinks to play in um Hands down, the ice is great. Like there's, there's no complaints there. Kirby Doc sounding pretty positive and I looking so. forward to getting back to uh, Montreal. He's uh, spent his uh, summer in Alberta um, during the week, Monday to Friday. He's in the gym doing some skating and and also doing some skating. 
Um, and then on the weekend, um, he's on the lake, uh, in the boat, uh, doing some water skiing and in, in generally enjoying summer. But um, good to hear him. The most important thing um, I thought uh, of that interview was he said he's having fun, the most fun he's yeah. had playing hockey since junior. Absolutely. Uh, it must have been the the week to appear on podcast of Boston-based people <laughs> because uh, Paul Byron uh, made uh, a, an appearance on Chris Nyland's uh, podcast, Raw Knuckles, um, and uh, he had some really, really interesting things to say. Of course, you know, the, the biggest topic and probably the biggest question is that that big hint that Kent Hughes dropped during his uh, most recent press conference on the the Jeff Petrie trade, which was that Paul Byron's playing career is over. And now Byron hasn't made a retirement announcement yet. There hasn't been anything like that. But of course, it was a subject uh, of 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 conversation uh, when he spoke with Chris Nyland. If I'm not a hockey player, I'd certainly love the opportunity to help the young guys. Um do something within player development or, or, or coaching, coaching hockey. Um, I don't know if I have a desire to, to be an NHL coach or, or American League coach or anything like that, but I certainly had a good time coaching my, my son's team and, and, and being involved as an assistant coach. And it's fun. It's fun to pass on your knowledge to the kids. And, and I think I have a lot of experience at different levels and, and different organizations and, 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 and battle through a lot. So I feel like if I can help uh, a couple kids and, and help them and, and maybe uh, you know, help them grow, it'd be, it'd be great. Coaching my son's team. We've heard that before, haven't we? <laughs> as far as maybe he thinks, well, apparently that's job. all the experience I need in order to be an NHL coach. So um, and this is, this was a great answer uh, from Paul Byron and, and him being involved um, in player development seems uh, like a natural step for oh, yeah. him. Um, we talked about uh, the Canadians development camp at the beginning of July and Paul Byron spoke uh, to those uh, players and, and his message at that time was, um, you know, that he was willing to do anything. He was willing to um, be an energy guy. He was willing to kill penalties. He was willing to pass the water bottles on the bench if that's what it meant. He was willing to do anything to keep his spot in in the NHL. Uh, very inspirational uh, speaker, and, um, and as you said, nothing official as far as uh, his retirement announcement or or next steps, but. Um, I, I think it sounds like um, something's going to happen with him with respect to the team's uh, player development um, cohort. And so what would he tell young players like he did at development camp uh, back at the beginning of July? Well, he uh, he kind of described that as well. You got to be great every day. Yeah. I think that's the hardest thing as a, as a young player to learn. Um, Montreal, the cameras are on every day. Every single practice, there's media, there's people watching you, dissecting you, there's TV shows. And you're not really paying attention to that as a player. I get that, but they're there. They're talking about it. The coaches, the GM, they watch you every day. Like some coaches tape the practices and go back and rewatch. And you might not think it as a player, but that you know little pass that you messed up or that system drill that you were in the right spot at the right time, like you're, you're not showing confidence in the coach by, by, by not getting those things right. Like execution every single day matters. Going to the gym and doing the workout every day matters. Weighing in, doing everything right matters. Like just being consistent every day gives you the best chance to be a great NHLer.
great message. You mm-hmm. got to be great every day. And it's all about uh, commitment and consistency, I think, was his message there. Um, the camera's always on. Uh, so you got to give your full effort effort uh, and execute every single day. Absolutely. No days off, according to Paul Byron. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Uh, just uh, taking a, a, a look at hockey related news in general, uh, uh, starting this this portion of the segment off uh, with some sad news, actually, that uh, actually just came out today. Um, revered journalist in in Montreal, Ivan uh, Pedno, uh, sadly passed away. Passed away on uh, Friday night at uh, the young age of 77. Uh, he had been recently diagnosed with uh, with cancer and uh, very sad. Um, almost 60 years in uh, broadcasting, in 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 covering uh, sports in Quebec. Uh, longtime reporter of the Montreal Canadiens for various outlets, most recently uh, TBS Sports. Uh, he covered Olympics. Uh, he covered. Uh, it, well, um, as as they said in in a tribute article, everything from bowling to hockey, um, <laughs> which is where he started his career, um, won an Elmer Ferguson Award, um, and and just uh, you know a, a terrific pillar of of uh, the Quebec sports media landscape. So, um, yeah, uh, tough news there. Absolutely. And, and we we extend uh, our condolences to his family. Couple of big pieces of contract news happening around the league this week worth noting. Uh, first up is the New York Rangers uh, signing forward Alexi Lafreniere to a two-year contract worth four point six million dollars. Uh, two point three million uh, per uh, year for the next two seasons uh, on the cap. Maybe um, some fans might think that's a little low, but, uh, you know, he hasn't really shown, uh, a whole lot. Uh, 39 points last season was his, his personal high, uh, maybe not in line with the first overall pick of the 2020 draft. Um, but I know that our audience is interested because, you know, as he was sitting, uh, as, as a restricted free agent, uh, we, we kept getting messages about why don't the Canadians make a... <laughs> Hostile offer, but uh, it's interesting that there's there's other um, restricted uh, free agents still unsigned. Trevor Zegras, probably the most um, notable uh, in Anaheim. Shane Pinto, Morgan Frost in in Philadelphia, um, but uh, he is now locked up for the next two years uh, by the New York Rangers. But the big news of the week, of course, uh, was that the Maple Leafs re-signed they've gotten the contract extension done already before the year even begins uh for forward austin matthews inking him to a four-year extension worth 53 million dollars yeah and when this takes effect uh next year um he will be the highest paid player uh at 13.25 million dollars in the national hockey league um, and we'll see if that carries them past the first round of uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, but, but we're going to talk about we're going to talk about uh, the rivalry between the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs coming up in just a second. That's right, we are. That's actually coming up uh, just in a couple of minutes on the other side of our first commercial break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, former NHL, well, uh, former Toronto. 
Maple Leafs beat reporter and current NHL columnist Michael Trakos is going to join us here in the studio for a really fun interview. And yeah, we're reigniting this Habs-Leafs rivalry. Let's start this season off the right way and get uh, get get all that blood boiling again. Uh, and of course, still to come, we're also going to be throwing out your question of the week. Uh, this, uh, this week, we're going to want to know what your favorite Habs-Leafs memory is. And I'm sure there are plenty for you to choose from. So uh, we want to know. Be sure to text us at 5853-ROCKET. Leave your comments on Twitter, Facebook, on or Instagram, uh, at Habs Connection. Um, and uh, you can also leave a comment at Rocket Sports as well. So we are going to tackle all of that coming up after this short break. So stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casinos at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus leg requisite for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Uh, once again, my name is Amy Johnson. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, by the way, over at... Flyers rule. Uh, and of course, with me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, the site editor for THN.com slash Montreal, the Hockey News Montreal team site. That's Rick Stevens. And you can follow him at Rocket Sports on Twitter. Also, be sure to follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Visit our website, CanadiansConnection.fm. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast while you're there or, hey, whatever podcast app or player you're currently listening to this show in, just take a look down and uh, tap that subscribe button. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you're if you're listening to this podcast, watching this podcast on our YouTube channel, don't forget to hit subscribe there as well and tap the notification bell so that you're always made aware of every time we drop a new video. All right. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know it. You love it. They're the NHL's two oldest teams. Their rivalry is one of the biggest and greatest in all of sports. Uh, These two original six franchises have fans in every city in Canada and all over the planet. I mean, they're just everywhere. Um, There's so much history between both teams. They've met in the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs 16 times. 
Canadians have won nine of those series, including that one in 2021. We all remember that one. Uh, Overall, the Canadians uh, lifted the cup in their history 24 times. The Leafs have done it 13 times. Um, And even though, you know, the Habs fans like to kind of give some grief to the Leafs that they've that they've won so many more of them. Uh, Those two teams comprise the top two teams to win the Stanley Cup in all of NHL history. Uh, So it's a really important rivalry as far as the NHL is concerned. It's a very important rivalry in Canadian sports history as well. And so joining us to discuss the state of the Canadians Maple Leafs rivalry right now is uh, joining us in the studio, Michael Trakos, former columnist for Post Media and former Toronto Maple Leafs beat reporter. Well, Rick, this week I am I'm pretty excited about uh, being able to welcome in and introduce our special guest on the show this week, uh, appearing with us for the first time. Uh, and I think it's going to be a really fun conversation today. Uh, happy to welcome on to the show Michael Trakos. He is the managing editor for the Hockey News's new batch of 32 NHL team sites. Uh, he is a, of course, former columnist for, for Post Media Toronto, uh, former Maple Leafs beef reporter, also the author of the book, The Next Ones, How McDavid Matthews and a Group of Young Guns Took Over the NHL. Uh, lots of expertise, lots of experience around uh, our, our sport that we all love so much. Michael Trikos, thanks so much for joining us today. We're so glad to have you here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Yeah, love the introduction. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> and, uh, really excited to be talking about hockey after what seemed like a, a longer summer than usual. I don't know why that was, but uh, yeah. it feels like Everything's ramping up now. Um, I can I, I can almost hear the skate blades uh, on the ice for uh, informal skates as we get closer to training camp. So let's let's get at her. Absolutely. Well, you know, I'm actually going to I, I want to kick us off today talking a little bit about um, the reason the big reason why we've gotten a chance to to begin working with you, and that is through the hockey news and and the the 32 NHL team sites. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that in our industry and sports media uh, these days, it's more common to see sports pages and sports coverage disappearing from so many publications. Um, but what's refreshing and kind of invigorating and exciting is that the hockey news is doing the opposite. The hockey news is expanding, recently launching these these full 32 team sites, uh, including THN Montreal, which, of course, Rick is the site editor for I'm a I'm a contributor for. So can you talk to us just a little bit to, to start about the the philosophy behind the hockey news's plan of let's not do less, let's do more and give and give hockey fans across the league what they're really hungry for? Yeah, it is exciting. And the hockey news is, you know, it's been around since the early 40s. Uh, I think 1947 was when it was officially founded. And, you know, like you mentioned, um, I was with Post Media. Um, the landscape right now is most legacy media um is shrinking so to come to the hockey news where we're in full expansion mode and i'm the managing editor of our team sites which um if you don't know already we have 32 team sites covering every single team in the nhl as well we have four theme sites and um, those range from everything from women's hockey and betting to fantasy and the world of e-gaming and uh, literally every day or every week, uh, we're going to have new team and theme sites launching. So uh, we're going to be having an AHL one, ECHL one, one for the double IHF, uh, a business one. Uh, um, you name it, we're going to be having it. So 
extremely excited about that. Just, uh, I, I really hope, uh, and you know, if it wasn't already, the hockey news is going to be your destination for all hockey news. And that includes the NHL, but it also just includes uh, anything you might be interested in. Um, so really excited to be in charge of um, this new venture. And, you know, we've only been really, uh, I'd say the 32 team, 32 teams uh, sites launched um, sometime right before the um, the draft and at the end of June. So uh, we're still in early days, but already the feedback has been incredible. Uh, the numbers are growing. Uh, fan interest is at an all-time high. So uh, for us to pivot from really the hard copy magazine, which is still, uh, we're still printing that alongside this uh, new venture, but uh, for anyone going online for video podcast and uh, written news, uh, the hockey news is the place to be right now. The hockey news is the place to be for um, Canadians fans as well. And and we know that Habs fans are everywhere, um, but they're a little bit uh, discerning um, and maybe a little skeptical of um, Toronto-based coverage of the Montreal Canadiens coming from TSN or Sportsnet. Uh, talk to us how uh, how Canadians fans are going to be well-served by um, Canadian-specific coverage on the hockey news. Well, we, we I think we've hired the best in the business, uh, and yourself, Rick, and your team to cover the Habs. So um, I'm really excited about the content that's already coming out of your site. Uh, obviously, it's an English English language uh, Montreal Canadian site. The plan is to have uh, a French language site to run alongside. Um, but yeah, this is an interesting um, time for the Montreal Canadiens. Obviously, um, there is a you know they're in a transition period. Um, you could see a core developing uh, between Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield and uh, Yuri Slavkovsky. Um, I, I think that core is going to be changing and growing as the years go on. But uh, expectations for the Montreal Canadiens, I think right now is to continue letting the, the youngsters develop and grow. And, you know, if you're, if you're a Montreal Canadian fans, I, I think that's, this is the most exciting time for, uh, to be a fan. Uh, when you're watching these young guys go from you know, draft lore to, you know, whether it's in the, the AHL or um, even just getting your feet wet in the NHL and starting to make your mark. Uh, none of these guys have really hit their prime years yet. I'd say uh, a lot of them are still in that kind of, you know, the, the ceiling hasn't been etched out in stone. So really excited to see what another year um, with Suzuki and Caulfield and what they can do as, they, as they're getting a little older and a little bit more comfortable in the league. And um, to have the coverage daily uh, of these youngsters, I think this is going to be really exciting. It is really exciting. Um, and I think something that um, maybe our listeners may not know is uh, the owner, the publisher of, of the Hockey News, Graham Rustan. I've gotten to know a little bit over the last three years, and um, he is um, he his he has roots in Quebec, born in Sherbrooke, attended uh, Concordia University. Very proud of of his Quebec roots, and um, and you know I've enjoyed talking to him. You've gotten to know him, and and uh, he's really passionate about. Uh, the Canadians and hockey in Quebec. Oh, a hundred percent. And that's always the misnomer, uh, Rick, is that, you know, the hockey news is located in Toronto. The hockey hall of fame is in Toronto. Like you mentioned, sports and TSN, it can feel very Toronto centric. And, 
you know, jokingly, we always refer to Toronto as the center of the hockey universe because <laughs> yeah, at times it feels like there's only one team that anyone is always focused on. Uh, I, I disagree. Um, anyone who's been to Montreal, whether it's in season, whether it's in playoffs or whether it's even in the off season, you know, you cannot talk to two people on the street without um, having some sort of Habs conversation. It really is a religion there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of the best writers uh, who've covered this game, whether it's Red Fisher, whether it's Michael uh, Farber, like they all come from Montreal. Um, so it's a rich history there. And you mentioned Graham. He, he's he's passionate about hockey in general. Um, and uh, if you're going to put a gun to his head, uh, I'm sure he'd say it's probably the Habs. <laughs> number one game. But, uh, you know, it, Let's face it, there's two teams that are going to push the needle in the NHL. Uh, one is in Toronto, one is in Montreal. And whenever they meet, it's it's fireworks. And I covered that last series between Montreal and Toronto during the COVID year uh, when there was that all-Canadian division. And you know what? I don't remember another playoff atmosphere uh, that felt like that during my period. And granted, my 20 years in the business here, I didn't get to cover... Uh, a Stanley Cup final featuring the Leafs. I didn't even get to cover uh, a third round series featuring the Leafs. So that Montreal Canadiens, Toronto Maple Leaf series, even though there weren't any fans in the building in Toronto, there were just reporters and um, we were all kind of segregated because of COVID restrictions. Still, that atmosphere was buzzing and you could feel it in the city at that time. Just want to, before we kind of move further into that, into that Leafs Habs rivalry just want to kind of take you back a, a minute and, and ask you a couple of quick hockey nostalgia questions um okay. you grew up in the in the metro toronto area did you have a did you have a favorite childhood hockey memory did you have a favorite player that you watched at all when you were younger um it's p- particularly growing up in the toronto area was there you know someone in the canadians lineup that you hated to see when the leafs and the habs met um talk to us a little bit about those early days yeah, it's funny. I like. I think I was mentioning to you guys earlier that uh, like I've been a hockey fan. Uh, always grew up playing hockey, but uh, for whatever reason, maybe because the tickets were so hard to come by in Toronto, um, I always kind of you know gravitated towards more of the Blue Jays and baseball because the, the tickets were more accessible. Uh, that being said, you know Wendell Clark was always a guy that I really appreciated for the kind of style of game he played. We're talking about a first overall pick who you know while he had you know skill and he had a great wrist shot um if you're thinking about the kind of game that Wendell Clark played it was more lunch pail uh, he was gonna hit you he was gonna drop the gloves with you he was tough gonna as nails you. tough as nails yeah so those are the kind of guys that I always gravitated towards for a memory you know that Doug Gilmore wraparound against Curtis Joseph in the St. Louis Blues um, that that one is probably if you're going to talk to people of my generation who are in their 40s, that's probably the high point. And that Leafs team um, that just fell short uh, against the LA Kings. Can you imagine if they had a beat Gretzky and the Kings and faced the Montreal Canadiens <laughs> yeah. in '93? I'm not saying that the Leafs would have had the cup and not the Habs, but that that would have been a great series, a great final. Um, so that that those are my memories. As for who I didn't like on the Habs, that's a tough one. Um, I don't know if the Habs really had a guy that kind of got under 
uh, Leaf fan skin or was just the past. I think it was the other way around. I think a lot of Montreal Canadian fans either didn't like Darcy Tucker or didn't like Mikhail Grubovsky, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, didn't like those kind of guys. Like when the Tucker Kovalev stuff was happening uh, in the regular season, or um, I, I always appreciated the the game that Kovalev played and kind of was almost like on Montreal's side during that time. So um, it's it's tough to say, like if there was a, a Habs player that you kind of grew to hate, even Patrick Waugh, um, you had to appreciate just the beauty that he was in that. You were, uh, you uh, touched on that 1993 series. Um, and of course, the Canadians are the last uh, Canadian team to, to win a Stanley Cup. What's your um, explanation for why it's been, uh, why a Canadian cu- uh, Cup drought has, has uh, lingered on for decades? Well, part of the reason is there's only seven teams uh, out of the 32. So the numbers aren't really uh, for you. Um, the other thing is just, and, and I did the series uh, with uh, my colleague Mike Zeisberger when I was at the Sun uh, a few years back, uh, the year that no Canadian team made the playoffs. I think that was, uh, if memory serves correct, I think that was the fifth, oh, 2015-16 season where none of the Canadian teams mm. made it to the playoffs. And we did a series, a six-part series called uh, Woe Canada, or I think it was a Doe Canada or Oh No Canada. <laughs> um, and basically looking at everything uh, from poor drafting, poor management, the pressure, the fact that free agents um, weren't inclined to play there. If I had to sum it all up, um, it, it's really just been bad luck. Um, if I'm looking at the rosters right now, every year I seem to think that this is going to be the Toronto Maple Leafs year. <laughs> I look at Edmonton and the two powerhouses they have there in McDavid and Dreisaitl, and I think it's just a matter of time before, whether it's Toronto, whether it's Edmonton, uh, heck, even Winnipeg, I thought, would have won a cup or at least made the final uh, when they had that star-studded roster, when they had Line A, Shifley, Wheeler, Hellebuck. Um, so th- there's been some really good Canadian teams. Um, for whatever reason, though, they keep falling short in the playoffs. And honestly, I, I don't have an explanation for it. Uh, the only thing I can say is it's it's going to happen. Um, whether it's going to happen in my lifetime is another question. <laughs> Well, what has happened is uh, a, a real fierce rivalry between uh, the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs. You touched on it a, a minute ago about the atmosphere in, in the building, even in the regular season uh, when the two teams meet. Although they, it's been a while since they are in the same region in the in the um, regular season standings. But um, you mentioned that playoff series, the the it was three uh, one playoff series, and um, what do you have to say about the state of the Habs Leafs rivalry at this point? It's pretty dormant right now, Rick. <laughs> it, it never, it always seems like the teams uh, can't be good at the same time. Yeah. And even that year when Montreal went to the final, that was not a very good uh, Montreal Canadiens team. They they almost caught lightning in a bottle, mm-hmm. um, or losing to the Lightning, but. Um, yeah, they, they were down 3-1 to the Leafs. Uh, that was a Leaf team that lost John Tavares in Game 1, then lost Jake Muzzin on defense. Terry Price was playing out of his mind yeah. um, after just a ho-hum regular season. Um, in the next round, I think Shifley got suspended, so you're out with 
you're again you're missing another number one center the next round Chandler Stevenson mm -hmm. uh, went out so again a number one or two center for Vegas um, and it was it really was the Carey Price story uh, alongside Suzuki and Caulfield kind of showing glimpses of what's to come so um, unfortunately like you know, that that season seems so long ago now because you know shortly after Montreal is uh, in a bit of a retool rebuild um, whatever you want to call it um, but uh, yeah the, the the Leafs I think the, their window is open on uh, they assigned Austin Matthews to uh, four-year extension so I would say the window the window for the Leafs to win is uh, five years now because he's got one year remaining on his contract uh, I'm hopeful that you know, by year, in in a couple years, maybe three years, that uh, it will be a Montreal-Toronto uh, rivalry again. But, you know, you look into this year, I think most people would probably say that Montreal um, is destined to finish last in that division. And if they do, that's probably a good thing because they're going to get another top prospect uh, at the end of the year. That's right. Um, and you said retool, the, the, the buzzwords being used, retool, rebuild. In your 20 years, you've, you've seen a lot um, of teams go through rebuilds, some successful, some, well, more, more often than not fail. Um, what's, what's your take on the current Canadians rebuild led by uh, Jeff Gordon, uh, Kent Hughes, Marty St. Louis? I think the fans have an opinion, but uh, as, an, as an outsider to Montreal, what are you thinking of the Canadians rebuild so far? I, I like it. I, I think with any rebuild, you got to get lucky. And you have to have a, uh, a draft where you have an Austin Matthews or a Connor McDavid. And I think the one thing that Montreal wasn't fortunate was um, the year that they did pick number one overall. Um, it was a year where no one knew uh, who the top prospect was. So yeah. they end up with Slavkovsky. And you know, time will tell if he is the legitimate uh, number one pick from that draft. Uh, uh, something... It might be Logan Cooley. Uh, Shane Wright was a guy that, you know, forever is going to be linked to the Habs' uh, future and fortunes because uh, he's a guy that I think a lot of us thought would go number one. He ended up falling. Would he fall to fourth overall? Fourth, yeah. That's right. Yeah, to Seattle. So uh, there was a lot of mystery with that draft. Um, so we'll see. But the thing I'll say about Montreal and how they've handled it is they, they've kept a lot of veterans around. Um, who the young guys are going to learn from. And I think that um, can go a long way. I know when the Leafs were going through their rebuild and uh, Matthews and Marner and Nylander were rookies, they had guys like James Van Riemsdyk, uh, Nazem Kadri, um, Tyler Bozak, uh, even Dion Phaneuf was around there for that. Um, guys that they could learn from, uh, that they could you know, teach them how to be uh, professionals. And I look at that Montreal roster right now, and uh, the fact that Brendan Gallagher's still on the team uh, is going to be huge for them. Josh Anderson, another guy. Um, and even some of the guys that are young-ish, like um, I really like Kirby Doc. Uh, I, I think he's a guy that, you know, he's not quite uh, a green player. He's still kind of learning the game, obviously, but uh, to have him alongside the Suzukis and, uh, the Caulfields is gonna is gonna bode well for the future. Uh, you mentioned this uh, a moment ago, and and 
not usually used to having big hockey news dropping in the midst of August, but of it's undeniable, uh, not a slow news week in the hockey world with uh, the news out of Toronto uh, just uh, just recently that the Leafs did lock up Austin Matthews for another four years, which when that contract uh, goes into effect, it'll make him the highest paid player in the NHL uh, at $13.25 million a season. Um, Canadians, uh, Canadians Connection listeners, while they'll be certainly interested in those numbers and the term, um, I have a feeling they more likely probably want to hear about a different Toronto Maple Leafs player. And in fact, Rick, I think you have a, a listener question related to that. Uh, that's right. Um, and it's it's perfect timing that, that Michael is here to answer this. Uh, this question came in uh, from Jeremy in Alberta uh, on our Rocket Sports text line. That's 5853ROCKET. Just text us 24 hours a day, 5853ROCKET. And I'll just read the question for you, Michael. Uh, it says, hey, Canadians Connection, my name is Jeremy from Alberta and have been listening to your podcast for a while now. Question for you. What do you think of putting William Nylander on the top line uh, next to Suzuki and Caulfield? How dangerous would that line be? And do you think that Nylander is the type of player that could be the final piece that the Habs need in order to be playoff ready in the next couple of years, along with solo development from existing players? Secondly, what what would you be willing to give up for Nylander? Um, And as you're thinking about... uh, uh, how to answer that, um, Michael? I'm going to play. Um, William Nylander uh, was asked on the the Thirty Two Thoughts podcast uh, this week about um, his uh, f- upcoming free agent contract, and and uh, he said this. No, like I said, I, I still have one more year, and I know how much I love it there. And I mean, it would take a lot for me to want to leave Toronto. Like, there's like that's a place I want to be at, and that's where my mind's at for for the coming. Uh, your end for the future. I'm not thinking about being anywhere else. So, so he wants to. He right now wants to be in Toronto. Um, Jeremy wants uh, William Nylander to be in Montreal. Uh, how do you <laughs> how do you answer uh, Jeremy's question? Yeah, it's it's a difficult one. I, I think there's probably a list of teams um, that would love to have William Nylander on the roster. This is a guy that. You know, two years ago, he gets 34 goals, 80 points. Last year, 40 goals, 87 points. And uh, that's while playing uh, not on the Mar- uh, the Matthews-Marner line. So that's a, he's playing with Tavares. Uh, in a lot of cases, he was driving that line. Um, in the playoffs, uh, almost a point-per-game guy as well. Four goals, 10 points in 11 games. So um, we're talking about a guy who's only 27 years old, still very much in his prime. Um and he was on a very team-friendly contract, just under $7 million, uh, this year. I think he's looking for somewhere around the $9, $10 million mark. Uh, so you've got to consider that if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan. As for what you're going to recoup if you had to trade him, yeah, it, you, Montreal Canadian fans are not going to like it. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't, you're not going to get a Michael Matheson for a William Neal. <laughs> It's going to be, it might be a Cole Caulfield that goes the other way, um, or a guy of that ill. Uh, maybe it's even a Slavkovsky. Caden um, Gooley. Yeah. Um, you want to part ways uh, for a guy that, you know, at his best, Wayne Nylander is dynamic, a great skater, can fill the net. At his worst, he goes two, three weeks without um, scoring, sometimes 
Uh, it looks like he's not even playing or interested in playing during those two to three weeks. So uh, he's a guy that if he's not producing offensively, uh, he doesn't do a lot for you. Uh, he's not going to block shots. He's not going to finish hits. Um, he's not going to do the stuff that Brendan Gallagher does when he's not producing, which is uh, provide those intangibles. So there's a good side and a bad side. What I would say is if you're the Montreal Canadiens, I don't think you need William Nylander. You've got a lot of guys that can grow up to be that guy. We're going to cost you a lot less money. And for where Montreal is right now, um, it's just not the right time. So um, you know, that, that being said, could I see William Nylander possibly moving on from Toronto? Yeah, if the contract negotiations drag on and the money and the term is just not working out, then for sure um, I could see a lot of teams, whether it's maybe a Washington Capitals or Philadelphia Flyers or maybe even the Pittsburgh Penguins if Kyle Dubas uh, wants to go get someone that he's really familiar with. But Montreal, I don't see it happening. Well, we appreciate uh, the question from Jeremy in Alberta, and uh, we're glad that uh, Michael was here to answer that. Michael, before we let you go, um, we want to ask you uh, a little quiz question. Uh, we gave you we, we th- this. You don't know what's coming. This is this is going to be a surprise for you. Uh, so we'll give you a minute to think about it. But um, our quiz today, our quiz question is for you to name five players who played for both the Toronto Maple Leafs and Montreal Canadiens. And uh, if I had the Jeopardy music here, I'd play it. But <laughs> but you're on the spot. Who are five players who played for both the Leafs and the Canadiens? Oh, boy. That's a tough one. Okay, so let's see. Darcy Tucker. Yeah. Mike Komisarek. That's right. Uh, Mikhail Grabowski. Mm-hmm. Doug Gilmore. Yeah. When I got one more. Uh, you actually mentioned him earlier in the show. One of them. Yeah. I mentioned him earlier in the show. A Darcy Tucker oh, no, would like... fit. Yeah, I said Tucker, that was his. Fir- that was yeah. the first one he gave. Yeah. Okay. okay. So I'm I'm one away. All right. You have Tucker, Komisarek, Grabowski, uh, and and Gilmore. Sorry, what was that? Frank Mahovlich. Frank Mahovlich, there absolutely the big M. That's that's great. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go. One old guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I love. I I I love Dick Duff. Um, and uh, right. and he was terrific uh, when he came to the Canadians. Um, but yeah, um, Tom uh, Thomas Placanitz, uh for his brief stop in. That's right. Uh, All right. With the Leafs, and you hear um, the most miserable Leaf. I could tell you yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Just because he was of all the teams to get traded to. Uh, yeah. Toronto was dead last on his list. If he if he was able to uh, veto that, he would have. And one other I'll toss out, and that's John Cordick. He appeared in my article, the top five Canadians enforcers, um, on uh, the Hockey News a week or so ago, um, but also played for the Leafs. Full out round of applause, though. Uh, yeah, Mr. Tracos, you well done. Put on the spot and delivered. I love it. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm waiting for my prize now. So <laughs> it's in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> well, Michael, maybe uh, Toronto Montreal Stanley Cup final uh, once they get uh, thrown into different division or different conferences one of these days. Oh, there you go. There yeah. you go. That would you be and fantastic. I both. That would be terrific. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that is one of the parts that uh, kills me is that they're in the same division. I'm like, ah, oh, they'll never meet again in the Stanley Cup final. What a travesty. That's true. It's you know it's. Everyone just wants to wants to see them compete in the in the playoffs, but yeah, the the fact that they're 
same conference, same division. It's not going to won't have a final anymore. Um, Michael, I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a terrific uh, first appearance uh, and conversation with you here on the Canadians Connection podcast. I encourage all of our listeners, go follow Michael Trakos on Twitter or X or whatever you're calling it these <laughs> days. Uh, you can find him at Michael underscore Trakos. That's T-R-A-I-K-O-S. And uh, we thank you so much for taking some time out of your August schedule to chat with us. And we certainly hope you come back again soon. Perfect. Thanks very much. I really appreciate it. Great to have Michael Trakos in the studio to to talk about the rivalry. Um, I think from a Canadian's perspective um, that fans always love to see uh, the, the Leafs and the Habs match up. And no matter where the two teams are in the standings, it's always an exciting game. And, and uh, the, the Canadians uh, uh, do well and, and, and listen for uh, until they meet in the playoffs again. Um, Canadians fans are always going to remind Leafs fans that uh, it was 3-1. It was 3-1. to one. Uh, Back in 2021. <laughs> uh, thanks once again to Michael for, for joining us on the show. It was really a lot of fun having a chat with him, and uh, we certainly hope he comes back soon. We are going to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Up next, we've got some listener comments We've got some fantasy sports news. We've got some information if you're interested in joining the Rocket Sports team for the upcoming season. Lots to cover. Don't go anywhere. You want to stay with us because you're listening to the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. It's summertime and it means that, of course, it's music listening time. Whether you are chilling at the beach or at the lake or at the cottage, even in your backyard, out for a walk or a jog or driving and cruising with the windows down or the top down if you're lucky enough to have a convertible, it is summer music season. What have you got uh, playing on your favorite summer playlist right now? I've been listening to a lot of classic rock, a lot of 70s and 80s, you know, even if you're not going on vacation, summer is all about that vacation state of mind. And so whether you want to listen to those favorite tunes on repeat or you just need to retreat inside your own head for a little bit, uh, it's so much fun to create your own summer soundtrack. And I like to do that by popping in my Raycon wireless earbuds. There's just so much going on all summer. And sometimes you need some upbeat music to just pump you up before you uh, go out and and hit the beach with some friends or head over to a family barbecue. Or maybe you want to relax a little bit with some calmer music, guided meditation. You know, no matter what it is, if you're taking your earbuds on the go with you, maybe to the gym like I said, out for a jog or a walk, or maybe you're just relaxing at home and you want some great tunes. I love to listen to music while I'm in the kitchen working, uh, whether I'm cleaning or whether I'm cooking, baking, that kind of thing. So let me tell you, having your Raycon wireless earbuds is a great way to do that. Uh, they are the best way to listen to your music. You can use the earbud tap functions to toggle between three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, and awareness mode, uh, which allows some environmental sounds in so that you can still kind of hear what's going on around you if you want. Raycons have a 32-hour battery life, including eight hours of playtime, so you can really listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. Uh, They come with custom gel tips for the most comfortable in-ear fit. That's a big one for me. Uh, In-ear earbuds and and gel tips are, are 
typically difficult to fit inside my ear so that they fit and stay in my ear have not had an issue with my Raycons at all. And they start at just half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good, if not better. Uh, Raycons come with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. So you can create your own soundtrack with Raycon. And right now, Canadians Connection listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com THPN. Really, this is an incentive just for listeners of the Canadians Connection. We want you to take advantage of this offer. So again, that's buyraycon.com THPN to save 15% on Raycons buyraycon.com slash THPN. And welcome back to episode 258 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can uh, follow at Habs Connection. That is this podcast's account. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website, canadiansconnection.fm. And of course, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to this podcast and text us at any time. Get involved. Make your voice heard. Maybe you'll hear us read your comment uh, on an upcoming episode like we're going to do with some of our listener comments in this segment. Uh, and you can text us anytime at the Rocket Sports text line, which is, of course, 5853-ROCKET. Um, first and foremost, though, before we get to your comments and some of the things that our listeners had to say, we want to get you caught up on any content from the Rocket Sports media team across all of our platforms that you might have missed this week while you're out there enjoying all this beautiful summer weather. Uh, and, of course, first up, one thing, this is new for this season, so we are going to keep repeating this one quite often. Be sure that you bookmark uh, our brand new Hockey News Montreal team site web address. That is where you are going to find all of the Rocket Sports team's uh, coverage of the Montreal Canadiens, the Laval Rocket, uh, the ECHL Trois-Rivières Lions, Habs Prospects in general. All of that coverage is going to be found in one place and that is THN.com slash Montreal. It stands for the Hockey News. THN.com slash Montreal. Uh, and one of the things that you'll find if you go there this week, uh, in fact, is a, is an article written by Rick Stevens. Uh, the report uh, when it came out uh, that uh, Logan Mayu uh, seems to have been cleared to play in the NHL. So that's one of the things that you can go back and, and read all the details about that if you missed that announcement earlier this week. It's all the Canadians coverage, all the Montreal Canadians coverage in just one place. That's THN.com slash Montreal. I appreciate the uh, really nice uh, kind words compliment from Michael Trakos um, about me, about my about the team that we're, we're bringing to the Hockey News, we brought to the Hockey News. Um, so in, in the past, we've had uh, various websites you'd go to this year, just one, THN.com slash Montreal. You'll find work from myself, from from Amy, from Chris, from the entire team um, at THN.com backslash Montreal. Also, be sure you, uh, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash allhabs, or if you're just on the YouTube app, you just search for at allhabs and you'll find uh, our YouTube channel. Hit subscribe, 
tap the notification bell. That way you automatically get notified anytime we upload a new video. Uh, I host a weekly show there called Habs Hockey Report that comes out on Thursdays, uh, which is a short firm form, usually 10 minutes or less. Um, just kind of look at whatever the hottest topic of the week surrounding the Montreal Canadiens uh, is, a bit of commentary, analysis, opinion, that type of thing. Also, the Canadians Connection podcast appears on our YouTube channel. Uh, a couple of days after it's been released on podcast platforms, it then is released on YouTube as well. You can find that on Mondays. Um, so be sure you hit subscribe and hit that notification bell. Um, and also, while you're tapping subscribe buttons, be sure that you've done that for both of our Rocket Sports Radio podcasts. Not only this one, Canadians Connection, which you can find at canadiansconnection.fm, but also The Press Zone, uh, which you can find at thepresszone.fm. That is our weekly Laval Rocket-focused um, podcast hosted by myself. Uh, comes out every Tuesday. We talk about the Laval Rocket, but Patrick Williams, our, NA our AHL guru <laughs> who writes, he's an AHL feature writer for NHL.com and the AHL's official website as well. Uh, he joins the show every week for the AHL Hot Stove to kind of give us an insight on things happening all around the American Hockey League. And Rick Stevens joins the show uh, as uh, here and there, usually at least once a month. Uh, to offer his insight as well. So it's very fun. Make sure you are subscribed. Um, Rick mentioned at the top of the show that it is getting to be fantasy football season now that uh, final cuts are happening to NFL rosters. Yes, this is a hockey podcast. Yes, we will have fantasy hockey to talk about once we get to that stage, but it's fantasy football time right now. And, and that is sometimes with a lot of people, a very popular uh, area of fantasy sports. We actually have three fantasy football leagues here at rocket sports. Um, and we have one open position, uh, on one of our fantasy football teams. It is a, for those of you who are, who are in the know with the uh, fantasy football, it's a PPR league We have one position open. So if you would like Rick, tell them how, how can they let us know if they want to be the manager that takes open that one, takes over that one open spot in one of our fantasy football leagues. And I'll just add that uh, our leagues use the the Yahoo um, mm -hmm. fantasy platform. Um, but you can reach out to us, 5853ROCKET, uh, via text. Uh, or And, and uh, be sure to leave your email address uh, if, you, if you do that method. Or our email is hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. You can reach out to us uh, by email. Also, um, you can uh, uh, hit us up on social media. Be sure to do it quickly uh, yeah. because the draft is rapidly approaching. So as soon as you hear this, if you are interested, drop us a message and let us know. Um, it is also uh, recruiting season. Uh, we've got uh, some openings uh, for positions if, if people are interested in joining the Rocket Sports team for this upcoming hockey season. Um, we've actually already had a couple of applications uh, some people showing their interest as well. Um, Rick, can you tell everyone what they should do if they're interested in even just in exploring what potentially could be available for them to do if they would like to uh, be part of the team here at Rocket Sports? Yeah, I've been really pleased with the response. Uh, lots of people uh, reaching out to us. We may have some announcements uh, pretty soon. Um, but uh, we'd like to hear from you if you have an interest, if you if you feel that um, you have some talent, whether it be in writing, whether it be in 
um, podcast producing, um, whether it be in graphics, whether it be uh, whatever it is, if you feel you have a skill and a talent and want to be involved in a pretty exciting team, um, and then reach out to us to be part of the Rocket Sports team. Uh, you can send us a, a, a text. You can send us an email. But the, the most uh, direct way is go to HabsHockeyReport.com and there's a Join Our Team tab, uh, short application form. You can submit that and we'll get back to you um, as soon as possible. In continuing our series of uh, getting to know our Rocket Sports, our current Rocket Sports team, uh, we Michael Spinella was back in the studio this week with another one of our colleagues and team members. His name is Gustav, and so we'd like to get you to take a listen to this interview and, and get to know Gustav a little bit better. Thanks, guys, and I would like to introduce uh, Gustav, one of our Rocket Sports contributors. How are you doing today, Gustav? I'm good. How are you, Michael? Not too bad. Thank you for uh, stepping into the studio to chat with us today. This is going to be a nice, fun, get-to-know-you type segment. Uh, I know you've been around with Rocket Sports for a little while yet, uh, but can you tell us a story about how you joined Rocket Sports and uh, what sorts of things you do for your contributions? Yes, of course, Michael. Uh, so I joined Rocket Sports a couple of months ago. And actually uh, joined through the website, so the, the join our, our team option on, on the website after hearing the, the call on the podcast. Uh, so on the podcast for a couple of episodes, uh, the, the, you know, you and, and Rick mentioned that the team is looking for staff members to contribute to the team. So I heard the call and I said, why not? I'll, I'll take a shot at it. And uh, I applied. And uh, for the past couple of months, my contribution has been mostly writing headlines. So maybe some of the fans have seen some of my headlines. I think I wrote uh, around six or seven so far. Uh, a lot of stuff on prospects, because uh, I like talking about prospects, and other things related to coaches, team management, etc. Yeah, and honestly, I've had a chance to read through a lot of your stuff, and I've really enjoyed it so far. So, so far, you're doing a really good job with that. Uh, you were you mentioned that uh, you heard about this on the podcast, so I take it you've been listening to the Canadians Connection podcast uh, a little bit before you you joined Rocket Sports? Yes, I've actually been listening to the podcast for almost two years, I think, now. Wow, that, that's pretty awesome. I appreciate that you've been listening to that. Uh, but I guess a little bit back uh, more towards you. Um, did you grow up a Montreal Canadiens fan? And uh, how did you pick up this fandom? Was this something that uh, you got from your parents? Or was this more something you came up with all on your own? Yeah, so um, it's actually I grew up as an Ottawa Senators fan. Nice. <laughs> so because uh, I lived in Ottawa, so I was raised in Ottawa all throughout uh, my, my young life. Uh, so that was when I was very young. Uh, but then I kind of changed team uh, when I was still pretty young because all my family and brothers were past fan. Uh, so I think I, I guess I would have changed team in 2004 or five or thereabout. I was eight years old, I think, when I changed team. As a child, I didn't know that consequence or impact of GDT so I hope there's not <laughs> angry senators fans out there <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I grew up a Sens fan uh, myself, but uh, I've been in Montreal for a couple years now, so I'm going for uh, the home team now. <laughs> but it's so nice to hear that uh, we can relate on that note just a little bit. Uh, did you have a favorite player uh, that you enjoyed watching growing up? Yeah, um, actually, well, like a lot of people my age, it's just to give an idea, I'm 27 years old, so I, I was born in 96. So my favorite player was Carey Price, uh, and I would add Markov to the list as second favorite player. So those were my two favorites for Habs. And of course, as a non-Hab, it would be Crosby. Crosby my, was my go-to player when I was younger. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, so... Can I ask, uh, where exactly are you located? I know a lot of our uh, Rocket Sports contributors are like all across Canada. We have Amy Johnson uh, located south of the border near Pennsylvania. So where about are you on the map? Yeah, thank you for the question. So right now I live in Gatineau, uh, so right near the, the Ottawa border and where the Senators play. Well, actually, it's, it's quite a drive to go <laughs> to Senators play, but I could go if I wanted to. And it's an area where I think there's there's a lot of Habs fans, some Senators fans also, but I do see some Habs jersey when I walk around in Gatineau when I go for a hike. So but yeah, there's a couple of Habs fans out there in Gatineau. Yeah, it's a pretty good mix up there. Um, have you had a chance to attend a Habs game in person? And uh, can I ask uh, where it was? Yes. So I actually had a chance to attend a Habs game like a couple of years ago it was against the New York Islanders uh they lost I think 2-0 that game <laughs> but it was a very good experience and it was at the Bell Center so I, I went all the way to Montreal watching because I wanted to see them play at home yeah that's pretty awesome have you attended uh, any of the games in Ottawa for the Senators Yes, actually, uh, again, a couple of years ago when I was in university, I won tickets to uh, Ottawa Senators game. They won. Uh, they were playing against the Minnesota Wild, and they won in overtime. So it was a very exciting game, and it was pretty good tickets for a prize one. Yeah, that sounds like a really awesome experience. Uh, nice to hear that uh, you've had a chance to watch a lot of hockey in person. And my last question for you before I send it off here, uh, do you have a favorite piece of hockey memorabilia? Uh, that's a very good question, actually. Um, because I'm young, I would say I don't have a lot of like memorabilia or uh, attachment to kind of have history. Uh, but I, I do have I, some hockey cards. Nice. <laughs> it sounds weird. Uh, I don't think they're much of value. They're like from McDonald's when they uh, still had hockey cards and I have a Paul Korea uh, hockey card and I think that's the most valuable one and I cherish it and I still have it somewhere in a box <laughs> that's pretty awesome yeah Paul Korea hockey cards a nice piece of hockey memorabilia so you don't have to play yourself down too too much but uh, Gustav uh, thank you very much for uh, taking the time to chat with me today and it was really awesome getting to know you you're welcome Michael anytime Thanks, Michael, and thanks, Gustav. Um, again, th this is an interesting case um, where Gustav came and said um, he's a pol policy analyst, um, a really good writer as far as policy goes, but he wanted to learn uh, sports writing and, and how sports writing was different, and he, he wanted a platform uh, to air his views, to share his, his thoughts uh, about the Montreal Canadiens, 
um, and uh, went through a training program and and is uh, now uh, one of our uh, feature writers. So um, again, um, this is this is something that. If you're interested in, reach out to us and we'll see um, if uh, there's a spot for you. And again, the way to do that, go to HabsHockeyReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab to submit an application. All right. Don't forget, we have a Canadians Connection question of the week that we want to hear your answers to, whether you send us an email at hello at rocketsportsmedia.com, whether you send us a text at 5853Rocket, whether you... Drop us a comment on uh, Twitter or Facebook and Instagram. We want to know, what is your favorite Habs versus Leafs memory? That's a tough... It might be tough for... You might have, like, one in an honorable yeah. mention, or maybe your top three, or... But what what's your favorite moment and, and memory from the Habs versus Leafs rivalry? And maybe you're looking for uh, moments to be created. Mm-hmm. Uh, opening night uh, <laughs> this this uh, season, first regular season game for the Montreal Canadiens is in Toronto against the Leafs on the 11th of October. Um, and uh, Kirby Doc, um, Kirby Doc is getting close to uh, the hundred point mark, 97 points. Uh, in his career in 210 uh, NHL games, uh, could he hit that 100-point mark in the very first uh, mm. game of the season against Toronto? That'd be kind of fun. Uh, we, of course, have heard lots and lots and lots of comments and feedback from you uh, over over the course of the past week. Uh, first up, uh, we just wanted to pick out a few of them. To read to you, uh, and the first is is a response from last week's episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, if you if you recall, uh, Rick and I were discussing what a younger Habs roster means for the upcoming 2023-24 season. Uh, Chris from Ottawa wrote in and said, "Exciting future. I think this is a huge year in a lot of ways." Watching all the young guys in Laval compete with each other for ice time will be as exciting as watching Montreal. And we'll have that Laval coverage for you as well. We definitely will. Um, When we promoted the the Canadians Connection, that's episode 257. As you said, uh, uh, what does a younger Habs roster mean for the coming year? We also asked, who are you looking forward to see? Uh, And Daniel uh, on Twitter said, without sounding corny, I'm looking forward to seeing all of them. Uh, I think it's a good group and hoping all will shine. We need these young guns to take the next step. If not, we're in trouble. If I have to pick one guy to focus on, it would be Logan Mayu. I'm pulling hard for him. Well, uh, Casey from Montreal also mentions Logan Mayu saying, this is exciting news for Logan Mayu, one of the many Canadians prospects. I would love to see what he'll do in training camp. Uh, and uh, as we talked about in the uh, second segment with Michael Tracos, Jeremy from Alberta, um, he said he's been listening to the podcast for a long time. And he asked a question about William Nylander and Michael Tracos and answered it uh, expertly and, and from Elise's perspective. I'll only add to that uh, that uh, if Nylander was uh, the, the player that was acquired by the Canadians, as, as we heard, it may be unlikely. Um, but I, I don't know that uh, he would work well with Suzuki and Caulfield, uh, as Jeremy asked, and, and mainly because 
you need somebody who's going to retrieve the puck. Um, you need need a player on that line with Suzuki and Caulfield who's going to uh, play on the defensive side. Uh, Caulfield doesn't play that way. Nylander doesn't play that way. Suzuki, his defensive numbers, he can play a two-way game, but his defensive numbers have been uh, tough. That's why I think Kirby Dock has uh, worked so well on that line because he is a puck retrieval kind of specialist. But that's not to say that that's where uh, Kirby Doc uh, should be. As we've said, we want to see him um, centering his own line, the second line, and maybe that's where uh, a William Nylander could fit in and be effective. Don't forget, if you would like to uh, maybe hear your comment and response to this week's Canadians Connection question of the week on next week's show, once again, that question is, what what is your favorite Habs versus Leafs memory? Uh, be sure to shoot us a text at 585-3-ROCKET, and uh, hopefully we'll be reading your comment on the show uh, next week, which is the next Canadians Connection episode. Happens next Saturday, September mm-hmm. 2nd. That's crazy. Uh, I will be back one more time uh, for wrapping up my little trilogy of, uh, of, of Canadians connection appearances, uh, for, for this late summer, uh, set of podcasts. Thanks for being here today. I, it was a great show. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. Uh, I really appreciate it. It was fun to talk to Michael Traco. So it was great being in the studio with you and I look forward to being back again next week. We look forward to visiting with all of you again next week. Don't forget, if you haven't done so already, tap that subscribe button for the Canadians Connection podcast and then come right back again next Saturday for another fun edition of the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rocket Sports. Rocket Sports.